Welcome to the True Baloney Podcast. I'm George. I'm Peter. And we're coming at you from the broom closet in McKendry University, <laughs> which is just a lovely place. And we had some technical issues, but we resolved them. We did, and we're back. And uh, this is number two, num- True Baloney number two. Have you ever experienced something you can't explain? Spooky, otherwise otherworldly. Supernatural. Supernatural. Well, we talked to somebody today who did. They're a believer. And uh, we want to get right to it. Yep. So uh, without further ado, here we go. True Baloney number two. Uh, After the podcast, we'll come back on the other side and tell you how to get in touch with us and other salient points. See you on the other side. Bye. Let's just start. We've started. We've started. We've started. Okay. And we need to disclose right out front that our guest today... Is my wife. So we need to let everybody know that we're married. Okay. But no last names. But no last names. <laughs> right. right. So, so let's all welcome Sarah. And, you know, Sarah Doe. Sarah Doe. And, and I know George has expressed to me some concern for our marriage based on this interview. He was worried that this interview might cause friction us at home. No, because he's heard all these stories. I have. Yeah, yeah, he has. You've had, and I've heard them, but they were um, (sighs) told to you. You were under the influence when you told them, and so (laughs) I really, you know, I want to hear, we're going to, it's the noon hour right now, and uh, it's on a Wednesday, so I presume that everyone (laughs) is sober right now. (laughs) <laughs> and and so we're going to, you know, I'm going to get a coherent version because there were some things I didn't understand. So I want to wipe clean what I've heard right? so you can start from the beginning. We're only under the influence of, of Coca-Cola and potato chips after our Subway lunch. Yum. Hopeful eat, sponsorship deal eat right fresh. there. Yeah, eat fresh. Five dollars. No, 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 I don't think they have those anymore. Yeah, it's like a six dollar cost has gone up. And by the time the archivists listen to this in the twenty third century, they'll be like, "Really? They only cost five dollars back then? Wow!" But anyway, okay. So, so welcome, tell welcome, Sarah. Tell us what you're here to talk about. Well, I am here to tell you my ghost stories. I love it. Tell her. I do. I do. (laughs) I'm personally not a believer in ghosts. Yeah. But I love ghost stories, and I love getting creeped out. How about you, George? How do you feel about ghosts? Well, it, it reminds me of my roommates in college who were all big, big into ghosts and the paranormal. And we would be outside in the woods camping around a campfire. And they would say, so you're not freaked out like that there are werewolves or anything? And I'm like, we're in North Florida, which is the deepest part of the Deep South. I am far more afraid of humans than I am of any paranormal or any animal right. or any, you know, yeah. anything like that. Yeah. If anything's going to get me, it's a, yeah. it's a person. I don't know if it's because I grew up that there's no afterlife in Judaism. There's mm-hmm. no, like, you know, we're not being judged in purgatory and this spirit has to go. There's no, like, there's there's no, no heaven and image. hell. There's right. no, like, uh, judgment. There's no, no. Sistine Chapel. No, you're None of that. every day. <laughs> by, by your mother. <laughs> your father, your grandmother. Yeah, it really wasn't until I went away to school in Boston and I reconnected with my mother's family because my dad raised me, didn't have any contact with my mother's family. She is one of four girls that grew up in Ipswich, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And her 
mother was one of 17 kids. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. And were they all <laughs> from the same mother? That's the scariest mother? thing I've heard all day. <laughs> I believe so. Oh, my goodness. So... When we reconnected, I would go up there on the weekends and, and sit with her. She lived in a retirement community, and my aunt, one of my aunts, lived very close by, another aunt. So how many aunts were there? There were three. Okay. And my mother was one of four girls. Okay. So these four girls grew up in this old Ipswich town. They had stories to tell. And my grandmother told these great ghost stories. And then my Aunt Linda said, well, has your mother ever told you about what happened to her? And I said, well, I do that. So she goes to tell the story about how they were living in the upstairs part of a duplex, an old rambling house in Maine, um, and, and not Maine, in um, Ipswich? In Ipswich, Massachusetts. And they were living in this, in this old house that had that was a big old house that they turned into a duplex. And the girls had their bedrooms on the third floor. And there were two bedrooms. And Linda kept on saying that she was waking up at night feeling like she was upside down or like kind of underwater. And she would wake up and she saw this figure at the foot of her bed. And it really scared her. And she'd wake up and, and she'd yell to Patsy, Patsy, wake up, wake up, wake up. And Patsy would wake up and there was nothing there. Everyone they slept together. They, they slept, slept in, the same room. in the same room. So there's two girls per room. So Linda kept on saying this. Patsy said, you're not, you know, there's nothing there. You're just making a big deal. And Joanne and my mom, um, who are the younger ones, said, we want to see this. We want to see this ghost. So they come over, you know, after the, everyone's supposed to be in bed. And they all sit on the bed. And they're waiting for the ghost to come out and... and and nothing comes out, and then they all sort of fall asleep on Patsy's bed because they didn't want to sleep on Linda's bed. Patsy's bed was up against the wall that was the partition wall between the two apartments. And um, Linda woke up with that weird feeling and sensation that she was kind of upside down or underwater, and there was the figure sort of at the base of her bed. And she said, everyone, it's here, it's here. And she woke everyone up. And my mother, she says, looked at this figure and screamed. The figure turned around, looked at her, and went directly through her body into the apartment next door. And all the girls are screaming, and everyone's out this big screaming, and everyone's freaking out after that. And your aunts all sort of so tell the same story? Well, yeah, because there was only one of the... One of the three um, aunts there that night, okay. and and my grandmother and your, and your grandmother. And did and they all have? Did they have similar descriptions of it? It felt similar because they said it was like this this shape. You could see it was a woman, and it had. Was she, was it, she cute? <laughs> <laughs> but it was almost like this shadow, this shadow shape, mm-hmm. and there wasn't anything. Um, descriptive. It was almost like it was just like someone with a shawl on. Okay. And was she, was she glowing? Was she? No. It was like this dark she was a shadow. It's a dark shadow. But you know, my mother and I didn't have a great relationship, and so it's always nice to sort of blame it on the ghost, right? It's the ghost because uh-huh. all my aunt said that after that ghost went through my mom, she was very different after that. 
And okay, give me the before oh, wow. and the after, though. I don't know the before. She was, she was, I guess, I don't know, maybe 10 years old or something. Okay. But the after is that everyone said that she was very disagreeable and she just, she wanted could to get... Could have been puberty. It could have been. And that is the but timing. But all of the other girls all sort of, I mean, she became the black sheep of the family, I yeah. guess. And, yeah. You know, had to leave. And, and they always blamed it on the ghost. Yeah, I guess. The ghost, the ghost. The ghost made her turn on them. I don't know. But I did ask if anyone else had ever seen it, and they did say that the neighbors moved out not long after. Ooh. Um, and the ghost, did the ghost ever come back? And they said, no, the ghost never came back. This so is, that, that was, was like the, the first, but that was the first time like I'd ever really heard a ghost story or that mm-hmm. had happened to, to something. If my auntie had told me that at a young, impressionable age about my mother. I was 19, yes. Oh, okay, well. I was 19. Okay. Young and impressionable. I would have probably had chills. So much more. Yeah, you do kind of get that because, yeah. the, and then this story gets repeated, and of course, you know, maybe it's childhood lore, yeah. but you know, you know what you know when you're growing up, or you saw something, or you felt something. Yeah. And I guess I had never had that sensation or feeling before, but I had had the acceptance that there could be. Right, you were cool. You were cool with the universe being that way. Yeah, and, and maybe that's it. That I was okay with it, so I was open to the suggestion. Now, maybe if your family had been Catholic, right, they could have performed an exorcism. Well, I've never heard of a Jewish exorcism. That's, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, That's and it. so it probably didn't even occur to them. This, right. So, so once I felt like okay, there's something, and then if this ghost went through her body and she saw it, then I'm able to see it because I'm of her and, oh, you know, oh. all of, I don't know. I want Mel Brooks to do his next musical called The Exorcist, the musical. <laughs> I would like that, yeah. Anyway, I do. I, so, I guess I sort of had this feeling of being open and very, uh, possible, open to the possibilities that there might be spirits, but never really seeing anything. Yeah. Well, and you grew up in a very sort of spiritual place right you grew up in the northern in northern new mexico it's yeah like, but it's like violent you know i mean the spirits of the ancestors that walk those lands are not happy not <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, it's like but the end of the trail of tears but, but yes. you're open i mean but these are things that have been yes part of your childhood but never anything that i would certainly believe in and the house right. i grew up in was super old too yeah. so it's not like i was like every old place has an inhabitant you know, mm-hmm. never sort of had that. Right. So okay. it, when we were in living after college in um, San Francisco, a bunch of friends got together and rented an old cabin in North Tahoe. And so, but it was all, all my college friends, and we all were together, mm-hmm. and we were renting this place in North Tahoe, and um, and they always said that when they would go and sleep up there that they would have these really weird dreams. And our friend Reed actually stopped going up there because he said he could never sleep there, that he felt really uncomfortable sleeping in there. this uh, In a particular room or in just a cabin, period? He said upstairs, but some other people were joking with him and just said, oh, yeah, you know, you're just being this way. And I never saw or felt anything. I spent a lot of time up there on my own. Um, yeah. The guys would go out skiing, and I would stay up there, and I would go snowshoeing. I would be with... Um, other friends and the dogs so I wouldn't go out skiing and they come back and go back to uh, to San Francisco after their ski trip so I spent a lot of time in that house alone and never felt weird mm-hmm. never felt odd never felt 
And when everyone said, oh, there's the dude here, I just laughed. I was like, that's just silly. So it was the end of the season, and we're cleaning out the house. This is like April. Okay. Very beginning of April. And we're doing the last clean out so we can get our security deposit back. So we're going from top to bottom to all the rooms. And, you know, you just go through and clean each room out, and, and we're shoving everything out of the house. And we said, you know, let's clean out the rooms that we're definitely not going to use first. The room right off of the mud room is called the cold room. And the cold room is got a little built-in bed in the corner. It's really small, and it's got a heater in there. But if you were really late getting up to Tahoe on a Friday night, you would basically inevitably have to sleep in that cold room. Okay. Because that was the last room that was wanted. that anyone wanted. No one wanted to sleep in the cold room because it sucked. Um, yeah. And it was small. But by the way, that was not the room that Reed had slept in. Reed did not like sleeping upstairs. Right. But now anyway. I'm glad you came back to that because for me, if I'm freaked out by something that was in the house, yeah, I don't think it matters what room I'm in. I, you know, I, I'm just not going to go in that in the house. house. I'll yeah. Be like, yeah, you know what? Like, it sounds like that's how place. Reed was. He didn't like to no, go to the Reed house. No, Reed did not want to go to the house at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're cleaning everything out, and we're taking all the stuff that we're laundering, and we're stacking everything up in the cold room so that all, all the things are there in the quote-unquote cold room. Mm-hmm. It's right by the back door. It's easy to do. We're not tracing through the whole house. So we have all the blankets stacked up, all the towels, everything done, everything ready to go. And everyone gets back from skiing, that last ski trip, and one of my friends had fallen at the very end, was kind of hurt, and so he slept out on the couch right by the fireplace, and midway through the evening, he said, I'm really, really, really cold. Like, I just don't feel well from the ski accident. I think he, like, hit his kidneys or something. He ran into a tree. So said, well, we'll go get more blankets. And he was having a hard time. It was almost like this moment of, shoot, do we need to take him to the hospital or something? So I go into the room, the cold room, Mm -hmm. to go get the blankets that were all stacked up on the bed. Well, I go in there, all the blankets are on the floor, and it looks like there's someone lying in that bed. It's like an imprint of someone in the bed. And I grabbed a blanket and I closed the door, and I went back and I covered my friend up and I didn't say anything because it was so weird to me and I didn't want to acknowledge that it had, that that is something that I actually saw. Because I was like, if I acknowledge it, then it's true. Uh-huh. If I acknowledge it, then it's true. So we're leaving the next day. I didn't say anything. So you're, you're using the, I'm just going to cover my head yeah. in the blanket and, and <laughs> close my eyes and it'll go away. You're using, right. you're yeah. going right back to your youth ghost and boogeyman avoidance strategies so we left the next day but um as we were leaving uh carrie who's the name the the, the cabin's name is in so he's got a uh, serious desire to get all his rent yeah. and security deposit back and everything for the house being perfectly clean every blanket accounted for everything and he looked at me as we were standing outside and he said um how come you didn't clean the cold room? I thought that you put all the blankets and everything there. I said, I don't want to talk about it right now. And I said, we'll talk about it later. And he's like, oh, he got kind of mad at me. And he went back in there and he said he picked everything up. And I said, well, what was hap- what happened? He goes, well, everything was turned over. Wow. And I said, that is so weird. And I said, it was the dude. It was the ghost. There's a ghost in that house. 
I never, I could never go back to that house ever since then. And I talked to Reed about it when we got back to San Francisco. And he said, yeah, I can't, I can't ever step foot in the Tahoe house. So there was two of you then who were convinced that there there was something in that house. People would talk about it that whole winter, that there's something, and I just laughed it off. I mean, yeah. we'll joke about it. It's like, there's the dude. The Wait, so here. other people were other people, experiencing this? No, it was the joke that Reed okay. wouldn't go up there because right. there's there's a ghost. So maybe you, you, if I play the skeptic, you think, well, there was a suggestion in the air that the dude mm. was there. So when a, a, an opportunity came for the dude to uh, be manifested... Right. That, the, oh, the, hey, something, there is something dude, a little right. strange happened, so it, it must be the dude. The dude. Right. Yeah. Well, like. But in, you've heard this story before and you don't believe it. Well, no, I, I actually don't remember hearing this part of the story. I remember hearing the part about um, the room and the figure going through. And oh, my mom. Oh, uh, you going through your mom, yes. But I, I don't remember the Tahoe story. No. And, but, and so, but then. So to, to, I want to make sure I understand. Carrie said the room was even more tossed over than what you saw when you walked in. Yes. The room had been even more disheveled. Well, it's he seemed to say that. I kind of didn't want to talk about it then because I honestly didn't want to acknowledge I want to get Carrie on the phone. <laughs> Can call John. I don't know where Carrie okay. is anymore. Right. In some ski lodge somewhere. Okay, but what did? Uh, what's the other? your other friend who didn't want to go there? Reed. Reed. Reed, did Reed, I mean, he just didn't want to go up to the attic, but did he describe in more detail what, what he's experienced? No, I mean, I, I don't want to embellish it because, mm-hmm. you know, people would say Now's things. the time to embellish. No, well, uh, people would say, because they would, yeah. ca- they would call it, well, it is baloney or isn't it? I don't know. They, you decide. They would call it the dude. It, the dude is here. Uh-huh. So and so and so doesn't want to come up here because the dude is here. And I was like, well, what does the dude look like? And so we'd ask, and I joke about it. Well, the dude wear flannel. You know, does he look like? You know, does he got a beard? You know, is he an old man? Like, I'd, I'd ask all these things. Does he like to? So Reed was being mocked for his. I believe that he. And was. So he was probably reluctant to. Right. To go into it very. Okay. You know, so that was that. All right. Have okay. you got another one? I have one last one. Right. That was this feeling that I had when I was coming back from uh, from Illinois to go back to my dad's house right after he had died. So this is recent? Uh, six years ago. Okay. Yeah. So he died in his house, and, um, I, and it was very sudden. And, in fact, um, he had, I, I kind of knew that it would be, pretty soon that he would go. And so we were talking about it. My dad had cancer. We're talking about what he wanted to do with his ashes. And he was very specific. And so I was very specific with the with funeral home as to how I wanted the ashes to be dug so that when the time came, I'd be able to spread them wherever they needed to go. So I had him in a box in his old closet in his, uh, in his bedroom. And I had... I had left to come back to Illinois because uh, I was dealing with all the stuff there, and I came back for Easter, I think. The kids were really little. Yeah, they were tiny. They were tiny, tiny little babies, and I'd sent them home with you. So I came back for five days in between all this business that I was doing and selling everything and cleaning it out. So I went back, and as I was driving up the drive, and it's pretty rural where, mm-hmm. where I am, 
but there are like three houses sort of in a in a little cluster. Okay. Um, but everything else is pretty rural. So I'm driving up the road and I see the bedroom lights on in my dad's bedroom. And I thought that was kind of odd because the alarm was on while I was gone. My neighbor's taking care of the dog at her house. And I come pulling up into the driveway and you can hear the alarm going beep, 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 beep. And I got like, I don't want to go in the house. If there's somebody in there, I'm not going to go alone. It's 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. I don't want to do this. So I went next door and knocked on the door and said can, to my friend, who's a really good friend, I was like, can you come over? She goes, I don't want to go over there. I'll send my brother. And I said, oh, thank goodness. You know, Quinn's there. He's just a couple years younger than I am. So he came over. And, you know, it's, it's rural, so he is packing heat, as we would say. Because a gun is going to take out a ghost. Well, they don't know. I mean, well, it could know, be an I intruder, right? I wasn't a ghost. Oh, that you're I thinking. That was point, a, a human. A, yeah, you're at that a point, you're thinking being. Okay, intruder. see, now, I'm, yeah. I'm with you there, okay. because remember yeah. my... No, you know, I'm thinking, I don't want to walk into this house and be face-to-face with someone burglarizing the house. Yeah. Okay, so Quinn's got a, a heater. So, a heater. Yeah, and we go to the door. The door is... is locked. Okay. So I unlock the door, I disable the alarm. He's walking around and checking all the doors and windows and turning on the lights. And um the alarm company calls because that's like they have the list of the people to call. And so they call the house and I pick up the phone and say, "Oh, well, no, there there isn't anyone here and there isn't any sign of anything." And I said, "There's just, you know, does it just randomly go off like that because that was kind of freaky." You know, I don't want to come home and just have the alarm go off. Like, do I need to get it serviced? And she said, well, you just want to check and make sure there isn't anything dangling in front of the motion detectors. And I said, well, there isn't. And I said, well, which room did it come from? Where did it come from so that I can tell? And she said, it came from the back closet in the bedroom. And I got off the phone. I went back there. There's my dad's ashes. And just right above is the motion detector. But there's nothing in front of the motion detector. But right there is like something I don't know. I and the bedroom of, light was on. The bedroom light was on, uh, which I didn't remember leaving on, which is what kind of alerted me to be like, "What's going on?" And then the alarm going off really freaked me out. So, um, so I just I I walked in there and I said, "Hi, Dad. I'm home. Please don't do that again." <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I. You know, uh, like a few weeks passed, and then that's when I was cleaning out the house, and I went and spread his ashes where he wanted them to be spread. And, and where was that? Uh, so I spread some of them in the orchard where we were. I spread some by a roadside um, cross where someone had been had been killed, but my dad would stop there because it's a beautiful view, and it was heartbreaking in a way to know that someone had died right there. Okay. So, so since I don't have a grave site mm-hmm. for my dad and then the last place was um at the opera at the santa fe opera oh. in a flower bed right by the bar right by the bar right so he could like look out i guess yeah it totally was the makes joke. sense did he go to the opera oh yes. yeah he was a, okay he was on a board and it was a big so he just wanted to join all the yeah. you know he La wanted Tabiana, to be there yeah. all the yeah. he wanted to be there forever uh, yeah well he said that i he wanted me to like I don't know. I guess what they do in the um, in the movies—the Great Escape. Yeah, where you're—they they dribble walk. out of his pockets <laughs> yes, as they walk. 
right? That's what he said he wanted me to do. Yeah. Just as I'm going down the stairs, like to do Shawshank. that. Shawshank. Shawshank. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever prison breakout thing you have to do. And you never experienced that again. And no. you sold the house. Sold the house. Yeah. You don't keep in touch with the new people. No. They haven't had any trouble, as far as you know, with your no. dad. No. No. Um, I, and that's kind of the weird thing because I, like I said, I don't believe that my dad is now, you know, inhabiting the spirit. But that to me is just this very weird, unexplained story. Do you think he, he got out, turned on the light, and he left, and he's out of there? No, I don't think he left. I think he left when I took the ashes away. Mm-hmm. That's why when I hear that people keep like their ashes of of stuff yeah. around, yeah. that that kind of creeps me out. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever based ashes. I mean, there there's bone fragments in there. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's like, it, it's, it's... I haven't <laughs> sifted them personally myself, but... Yeah, it is bizarre. Now, and, but I don't know. I mean, they could have just given me anything. Well, that's what said, I always wondered, actually. This is, is it your like, dad. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that this is going to be very crass, that I, but do they just collect all the ashes of the people that week and then divvy it out, like... No, they don't. You're going to get hate mail from, like, all the crematoriums. All... <laughs> Twelve of you who are listening. I think they totally think. do that. Why? I mean, nobody's going to DNA test ashes. Can you even do that? Can you no, DNA test no. the bone fragment? And why? That's been incinerated. I don't yeah. think you I don't can. Think you, I don't think this so. This isn't grandma. This is so and so from so twenty years. Your dad ago. weighed two hundred twenty pounds. You get two hundred twenty pounds worth of ashes. Well, that's that not is. what I got. I literally got like um, half of a shoebox. That's what my dad filled at the end. Was half a shoebox. Yeah, this is going in a direction I wasn't <laughs> expecting. Yeah, there's no urn. No. No, she opted for. Yeah. <laughs> no. Just throw it in a box. Whatever you got it's, handy. That's exactly. <laughs> no, they tried to uh, upcharge me for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he was mad that he was just in a box and he like came out to. <laughs> Where's tell my me, urn? <laughs> Where's my urn? How come you? How come you burn me up in cardboard and you pay for a big, huge, you know, beautiful mahogany box? Mahogany box. Yeah, they tried to sell me a, a three thousand dollar mahogany box to put them in to burn them. Wow. I said, really? I said, well, can I, like, rent the mahogany box? And but no, just didn't do that. Yeah. See, uh, the only uh, thing is, is telling a one-sided ghost story is not mm-hmm. that much fun. What do you mean? Well, well like, is the ghost going to come on and tell the other side? No, but, you know, you always want to hear somebody else's story. Oh, right. Oh, oh, like, oh, I, gotcha. I would like, love to sparked. hear the other side. You know, I would love to hear your dad come on and say, no, this is totally all wrong. <laughs> it was dark, so I turned on the light, and I had no idea the alarm was on. And, and it freaked everybody out. and I, I didn't know I was dead until yeah. you came home. Yeah. And, and then me. it's yeah. like, what the hell is going on? Maybe. 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 Yeah. Maybe. Well, so. next time we'll have more ghost people here, believers. Oh, really? This is it. Eventually. We, we yeah, have, yeah, yeah. you know, some down the road. Yeah. But I don't want us to get too supernatural because, you know, Peter and I, were so grounded. In, in reality, we're, we're just salt of the earth kind of people. Yeah, I've never had an experience, so ha- ha- if I had had one, I'd probably feel differently about well, it. Well, it's like the same thing. It's like you don't believe in UFOs till you till you don't see any. Till you're abducted. <laughs> now, how do so you feel you about it, smart guy? <laughs> no, until you see something that you just can't explain. Right, right, right. Can't explain it. Sarah, what did you say? So I okay, can I? Can I? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry, Excuse you preface me. it. Um, we had turned the microphones off, 
and then Sarah turned it around on us. And so I said, let's turn these things back on because we need to finish this conversation because some things were left unsaid, and, and I want you to ask the question to me, please. Well, I mean, do did I convince you that do you believe my story? Do you believe me that I saw something? I believe that you believe you saw something. Yes, <laughs> I I I, I, I totally believe. believe that. I believe in your sincerity. Yeah. yeah Does I, it open your mind that that there's the possibility that there could be something out there? No. Hmm. So you believe the you have come to the conclusion that these are these are supernatural occurrences, without any other explanation yeah okay. and i think that there are certain people who have a sensitivity towards yeah. it yeah i think that that's like whoopi goldberg <laughs> like part of it <laughs> yeah. so you, do you think so you believe that you could call upon the spiritual no. world no to come I, help you no because where are they when i need them <laughs> no no there's no ghost to help okay but there is something that resides in some people that have an ability to see that beyondness but to call it like a seance that's no. a bunch of baloney that's a bunch of baloney so uh are we done now we're, 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 we're done believe. now we no did you did you was that your intent to come here and make us believers was that what you were trying to no, do i don't know i just i just want to know if anyone could. i don't not believe you how's that well that's very political and i'm very happy i don't not that. believe you it's very on the fence i yeah. believe in your sincerity he does not believe you however <laughs> I will never convince George. He's like giving you one of those apologies, like, I'm sorry if anyone was no, offended I'm by not, what I no, said. No, I'm not, I'm not, there are no weasel words in what I'm saying. <laughs> I believe that you believe what you do. Right. I don't, I, I do not come to the same conclusion. And that's, that's fine. I think a lot of people wouldn't, but 19% of people, I just read this this morning, believe that they have seen a ghost or something supernatural like that in the, in this country. So that's you you know, one out of five people. Really? Right. Wow. Yeah. Is that the percentage? Yeah. Wow. Really? That's yeah, a lot of it's, people. It's disappointing to me that what? sixty million people in this country have seen a ghost. Huh. But you've got a lot of company. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm not alone in my lunacy. No, not at all. Maybe they've all <laughs> seen the same one. Next time we're going to talk about extraterrestrials. I think. Let's do it. We yes. are not alone. All right. All right. Thank thanks. You. Thanks Bye. for the coda. Thanks we'll figure me. out how to throw that on there. Okay. Hi. It's George and Peter. We're back. What do you think, George? Are you a believer? Not yet. Yeah. I, I enjoyed what I enjoyed from, from that story was the sort of oh yeah, there the tangibility of it. And it's not like, oh my gosh, I was blown away by this ghost and I it wasn't like a movie. It was here is something that's making something move and then yep. I'm walking away and then a whole lot of things moved and feeling it that way rather than, you know, having the the graves come up from under the house. Right. No, I mean that's not a ghost story. That I mean ghost stories I feel like when they're real, when they're told by real people have like the tangible aspect to them. It's like something actually physically happened. That you cannot explain in any other way, like the bed shook, or the well, there was a knock on the wall, earthquake. Or, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you and I were skeptics. Yeah. We are are totally science based people, right? You're a, a trombonist, and and I'm a oh, 
Find a penny, pick it up. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, anyway, <Sound> CD. <laughs> um, so, so wait. If I could paraphrase yes. a, f- um, a common whateverism, a skeptic is a believer who just hasn't been touched yet. <laughs> okay. So we're just I've, sitting here waiting, to, waiting be to be touched. Yeah. yeah. Bring it. <laughs> All right. Okay. And speaking of being touched. We want. Nice. You could. I wish you could see the cringe on my face when I actually said that. We want to talk to you. Definitely. We want to hear your stories. Please hit us up. You know where to find Peter and me if you're listening to this, probably. And if you don't, that's wonderful. Welcome. <laughs> if I've never met you before. You can I'm get thrilled. a hold of us. It's amazing. Uh, we're on Twitter at True Baloney. Yes. And uh, we also want to hear what you think about this. And we're always listening to how we can make things we better. We need another guest. Right, we, we need do. we need we need. Otherwise, guests. Peter and I are going to start telling our stories, right? And it's going to be great until we hit the wall. Yeah, exactly. I've got about maybe three or four in my pocket, and after that, there it's all downhill. So, but we'd like to get another guest in here. So, if you think that you've got a story, or you live with somebody who thinks they've got a story, um, please send them our way at Twitter. What is it again? At True Baloney. At True Baloney on Twitter. That's a good way. And um, oh, I want to thank Sarah too for being a good sport. Absolutely. She was a tremendous sport uh, coming in here in front of two skeptics and the world and just saying, this is what happened. And, and I appreciate she's, that. And she's a believer. And mm-hmm. we, we're not, we are not going to convince her otherwise. And that's fine. And that's fine. That's totally fine. fine. And also, um, thanks to Ann Manning for the new logo. Oh, yes. Love it. And uh, uh, thanks to Swing Set for the music. Thank you, Swing Set. And thanks to McKendry University for providing this space. Yeah. And by the way, McKendry Radio, uh, which is a student-run organization, is looking for podcasters. So if you are listening to this and going... How hard can this be? Obviously, it's got to be really easy. Do it, uh, and you want to do your own podcast? There is a facility here on campus. We are looking for people to do shows. So uh, there you go. Uh, it would help if you were a student here. That would be. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we can set you up with the classes. But uh, um, but it's, I don't think it's necessary. I think I think McKendry Radio is open to staff and faculty as well. So uh, anything else to add at that point? I'm good. Send us so, your stories. Awesome music fade out starts now. Bye, everybody. See you later.